Welcome to the Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Carew. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way. Breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. And to step out of your bubble. So what's stopping you? Welcome back to a new week on Out of the Bubble podcast. Hope you all had a great week. I love the start of a new year. It's just like turning a blank page full of endless opportunities. And one thing that I always gain inspiration from talking to the guests and motivation because they share so many inspiring stories and show us that it's never too late to start something new. And today's guest is another one of those examples. Last year, I did the survey, the Midlife Body Confidence Survey, which showed that 70% of women over 40 did not feel represented on the high street. So one of the things that I'm really keen to do this year on the podcast is to shine a torch on those brands and those independent brands and those startup businesses that are showing up for us that are wanting to create fashion that we can all relate to that we feel seen and visible in and that's one thing that I'm really committed to doing so I'm delighted to have Rebecca Rodden today who is the founder of Ellie Room so we're going to be talking about how to create a well-being wardrobe Rebecca really does believe that The clothes that you wear has an integral link to our mood and how we show up in the world and completely agree with that. I'm looking forward to having a conversation with Rebecca to find out how this lady started in Ted Baker as a receptionist, 20 years later ended up as a buying director for Ted Baker and then in 2020 decided to go it alone. Lots to share today. Grab a coffee. Enjoy. So good morning, Rebecca. It's lovely to see you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Getting ready for this crazy kind of period of time, but yeah, really good. And we've got Catherine Grace O'Connell to thank you, haven't we, for our introduction. That's the yes, power of social have. media. We have, yes. I mean, and what a what a wonderful, amazing woman she is. She's such yes. an inspiration to us all, I think. Yeah, she is, yeah. And that's the power of social media. It gets a bad rap, yeah. but I think for our age group, it's such a brilliant way to connect and network with one another. Completely, completely. And you're a total inspiration as well. I love, um, after she introduced us, I remember looking on um, your Instagram and I was like, oh, wow, amazing. I wish, you know, it, <laughs> it inspires me to be, you know, be half of that. And I think, you know, I think I've done a great job. Oh, well, thank <laughs> so well you. Well done, you. <laughs> well, I'm just so glad that we've connected um, and we've got so much to talk about. It's knowing where to start. My first question I ask all my guests How would you describe yourself today with three words and why? Three words. So I would describe myself as um, driven. I always like to have a goal um, and I always like to find a way to get it. Um, I think with that, then the next next one is I have um, inquisitive or inquiring. I don't mind. So I'm always curious about things. Um, my husband always says to me, they should have called you Alice because it's Alice in Wonderland. It's think of nine impossible things before breakfast. <laughs> and that's, that's me. That's what I do. Um, and then the other one would be uh, compassionate. I'm a very heart-led person. I would describe myself as being a heart-led entrepreneur. I, I gravitate towards things I love, things I feel strongly for. And that not, that not only goes for um, product, doing things, but also with people as well. Um, 
I work with really, you know, I create sort of really beautiful connections with people that happen quite organically in terms of, you know, all that, you know, people talk about networking. And I would admit I'm, I'm not a great networker. I find it's something that sort of comes from, you know, a spark. Um, and, you know, in the same way we, we met as well, it was sort of we, we met, we had a chat, and there was just something really effortless where there's, a you know, an innate sort of intuitive connection. Similar thing with Catherine as well. Yeah, fabulous. Thank you. And I completely get that about the networking. I'm, if someone asked me if I was a good networker, I would say no, but I am drawn to people and I love finding out about people. So that for yeah. me is a really kind of the way I do it. But if I was to go into a networking event that I just didn't know anybody at all, I would be, uh, I would be so out of my comfort zone. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I said in my introduction, you know, you have got this love of passion. Um, but how does somebody go from starting as a receptionist with Ted Baker to then working their way up uh, to buying director to then taking that leap of faith and starting up on your own? What was the kind of inspiration to start Ellie Room in the first place? I, I have always loved the creative process. And as I said before, I've got an inquisitive mind. So what I loved about my, my role at Ted was the creating of, of beautiful clothing and then with that, when, you know, we were very much encouraged to work. So we'd see it from the sketch pad to the shop floor. And very, I loved being on the shop floor and seeing when someone tried something on that look they get on their face when they've found it, when it's found its home, when it's found its, I mean, that just brings me, that brings me joy. Uh, and I got to a point in my career where I felt I wasn't doing that so much and I wanted to do it with my voice rather than the voice of Ted Baker. And I also noticed throughout in, throughout my career as well that, you know, women in our age group are not really spoken to. You get spoken to as a, um, you know, as a 20-year-old, so, um, you know, be what the Gen Zs now, uh, you know, and we sort of praise or idolise um, youthfulness mm. and that's the imagery that we're shown all the time. Um, and then, and then you're spoken to, I think, almost when you're, you know, seen as sort of almost a geriatric, um, so a very old, um, you know, someone that's, um, you know, I, I'd like to think older than us. Um, so I think there's a real void in the middle, in, in that middle pinch. It's sort of like an hourglass, you could say. There's not much in the middle. Um, yeah. and I think, but that's where the real pinch point is in life. Um, you sort of have maybe been through, you know, if you've had children, you've had children, but I think you get to a point where there's sort of something in you kicks in and you maybe want to do something new, which is what I did. Um, and you also maybe start to question things a little, you know, that you accepted a little bit more um, than you did in the past. So I really noticed that gap and I wanted to, I felt I had um, something in me that I wanted to share. Um, again, because I really have come to believe that how you dress, your mood, your mindset are totally interwoven. Um, I don't know if you know, but the first uh, 20 minutes of your day really set the bar for the next 20 hours. Wow. And Yeah. And if I can give someone one thing, whether that's a dress they can throw on and know that they're ready to ready for anything, ready to power through the day, or... Perhaps it's a little mindset because I teach yoga as well, a little mindset tip or trick that helps you get through the day or helps you reset through the day when you get that, 
you know, that email you didn't expect or that phone call or, you know, there's there, there feels like there's always something that sort of can trip you as to, you know, as to what you thought the day was going to be. But rather than spending time sort of dwelling on it, turning it into your day, um, resetting so you can move forward. Um, I've also, you know, again, with the way the fashion world has been, there's been a lot of noise around, I don't like this word so much sustainability because nothing's sustainable, yeah. but mindfully creating things so that um, things are responsibly sourced. Mm-hmm. Um, the design is timeless, so it becomes a wardrobe. I mean, the first thing is to if someone wants to buy something new, that they have it in their wardrobe for a very long time, they wear it time and time again. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's really Because I'm right really thinking important. that you, you produce and design and do everything from London, so it's all done in the UK. Yes. Yeah, so it's all done. Yeah, it's all done locally. The factory's about two miles that. down the road. Um, and I didn't actually know um, how much was on my doorstep and at my fingertips till I, I looked, and then I thought, what was I doing walking around with my eyes shut? Yeah. Um, it was amazing, like the pattern cutters near where my boys went to primary school. Um, yeah, the factory is a little bit further along. But, yeah, it's amazing what an industry we have here that I don't think enough people know about. Yeah. Um, so yeah it's quite you, sad. Um, sorry. So how oh. did you feel when you took that leap and, and kind of how did you notice oh. it and thought, right, this is it, I'm going to do this? You kind of um, – it's, it's that sort of – nervous excited um intrepidation so there's a there's a fear and an excitement which are the the same uh, emotion in a way it's just which side of the coin you look at with it so it was it's mainly it was mainly excitement and it still mainly is excitement uh so it was like what if I don't it's almost like what have I got to if I don't do this if I don't try this I hate a what if it's mm. kind of what inspired me to um, move and live over here for a while because I didn't want to have that what if and go around thinking what. If, and that's what inspires me, encourages me to try new things because I don't want to think, just sit there thinking, oh, what if this happened? What if that happened? If I go out and try it, then I know. Yeah. And that's the thing that puts so many people, holds so many women back actually, that, mm. that fear of trying something yeah. different and what if it doesn't work, but at least you'll know. And it's never mm. a failure because you can always learn so much from it. But it can yeah. be a real barrier, can't it, to, to move it forward? Completely. And I think to sort of shine it in a different way, um, unless you're in actual mortal danger, fear is, it, it's a, just an emotion. And it's being able to recognise recognize that. And that's where sort of I think the, the yoga and the wellness and the mindfulness ha, has really helped me over the years. And that's why I want to share it with people because it's not about being flexible. It's not about being, you know, spending hours doing lots and lots of yoga or, and it's not about meditating for hours on end. Again, with those things, there's so many people that, oh, I'm not flexible or I'm not good at meditating. They're not things you need to be good at. They're things you do. Hmm. And if you do them, it really makes, well, for me, it's made a huge difference to my life, my perspective. Hmm. And I want to share that with other people because it is so accessible. It's in us already. Yeah. And it seems that the yoga and the, and the brand and your ethos behind Ellie Room is really, it's it's it, it's very synchronised with the yoga and the meditation and mindfulness. I mm. love the fact that they're kind of mm. interwoven, aren't they, really? Because it is yeah. about well, well-being. Yeah. 
Well, Elarum actually means joy of life in Estonian. Um, mm. That's where my father's from. And I love that they have one word for that. And, um, I mean, joy can seem like a lofty ambition and I will be the first to admit I don't wake up bursting with joy every morning. <laughs> and, again, so that's what brings it back to, um, you know, having having something you can throw on when it's a busy morning, hectic day uh, or and then, again, having perhaps a little mindset to start the day with an intention. Yeah. And that's where I like to combine the two. Um, yeah. Again, all the dresses are made. Um, so they're made using um, fabrics that feel beautiful on your skin. Um, when you put them on, they feel silky and lovely. Um, and they're also a certain a weight that, you know, you can wear them in summer um, or then you can wear them through winter, uh, lay it up. Like I've got mine on at the moment with a, a nice thermal layer. Yeah. <laughs> but you can wear knitwear over the top as well. So they're really, there's so many different ways you can style it, different ways you can wear it. and I love when people share with me the different ways they have styled and worn their dress. Um, so yeah. that, you know. Again, Showing their so personality. Completely, yeah. completely, which brings it back to that. It, it's all interwoven, you know. You have a, a day where maybe you're not, you know, not feeling, you know, you wake up, uh, it's a gloomy day even, um, and you throw on a bright colour and suddenly it lifts you, doesn't yeah. it? And I think the other thing that I always love is this because um, I do a few metallic things in the collection as well. I've seen the gold, sure dress. Think, the gold dress. The gold dress is beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so for me, metallics are neutral. I say they're around. I say, you know, if you, when you go next to buy a pair of shoes, start with shoes or a bag, make it a metallic one because you can easily switch anything that's like navy, black, grey. You can switch that into a metallic and it suddenly gives your look your wardrobe a whole new lease of life yes yeah and it's actually getting people to step out their comfort zones because i think lots Completely. of women might see gold or silver yeah. as being something that that they've maybe historically just worn for a special occasion yeah and exactly. actually it's a that you should just be wearing every single day yeah, to make yourself feel good because it makes the occasion yes yeah <laughs> we don't we should we don't need to save things for best anymore that's the, the I, mentality yeah, we need to shift completely completely because i was asked the other day um um, someone said to me, what would you recommend in terms of if someone just were like, I hate my clothes, I hate my wardrobe, want to change? And I said, well, the first thing I would actually do is go and look what is in your, really look at your wardrobe objectively. Look at what you already have because it's shocking, but about 80% of our wardrobe goes unworn. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we spend so much money on it, that's like a huge, you know, a huge loss. Yeah. Uh, so go in and look. And an easy thing you can do is, um, you know, the clothes that you wear for the week, hang them a different way, hang them on a different hanger. And when you get to the end of the week, you will see a pattern in what you've worn. You will see the things that you gravitate to. And then you look at them and you go, what do I like about it? Do I like the cut of it? Do I like the material, the way it feels on my skin, the way it feels on me? Do I wear more dresses? Do I wear more trousers? Do I wear more skirts? And then you'll very clearly see you've got a capsule. That, that's your kind of base wardrobe essentials. And then you'll look and see, well, what are the, what are the gaps there? What do I need to, to fill that out? Mm. And that's when I say go a step further. Look at your wardrobe lurkers. Look at, um, look at the things that maybe you save for a special occasion. 
or maybe you've got a fond memory. Look at them and see how they could slot in and start to wear them more because there's things like you said, we save it for best. Well, what is what is best? If you yeah. if you like it, wear it. Uh, and then from there you'll see what the gaps are and maybe if you do need to go out and buy something, there's a wealth of tools now with Instagram, Pinterest. There's actual um, wardrobe building platforms you can tap into uh, and some of them have a sustainable message with it, which is even better. Yeah. And then from there, curate, curate your your list, curate your look. And and when you do go shopping, whether it's in the store or online, do it do it from a place of joy, not a place of a have to. Yes. Um, because I think again, out of all the purchases we make, the clothing is probably the one we give the least thought to. Um, and often it can be hard to be objective about it because it's something that we wear on us, uh, which is why if you sort of have have this this framework to start with, it um, you know it gives it gives you um, you know it's almost like a, a a shopping list or a recipe list. You've got just you just fill in fill in the I blanks there. It's, it's far less overwhelming. Yeah, I love that idea. I'm going to do that. I love that idea of hanging everything separately once you've worn it during the week and then seeing what you've worn. I love that yeah. idea. Really good. And when, yeah, what I love about, yeah, I will do. <laughs> and what I love about Elurim is you design clothes that, that look equally as good on a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old. There's no kind of, you don't have to be a certain age to wear any of your clothes. Oh, and I no, love that is, freedom that, yeah. that is so lacking on the high street. <laughs> Oh, and people should themselves with it as well. It's like, you know, I've gotten to this age. I should be doing this and I should be wearing that and I I should be cutting my hair this way and, you know, I or I, should, I shouldn't be wearing a skirt above my knee. Another thing, and I must admit I'm not good at doing this, is but looking at yourself, like really looking at yourself in the mirror um, and looking at it from a place of kindness um because again this can start with your morning routine and it's something that and Catherine and I've spoken a lot about this as well because I get all I'm not doing it but you can do it even when you're brushing your teeth is just look at your face and and you know say say the positive like say at first I see you or hello how often do we wake up we don't even say hello to ourselves do we you can just say hello and you can do that you know in your head you can look at yourself and you can do it. Yeah, it's a simple thing. When you're brushing your teeth, just do it. And it's a great way to start off just looking at you and you objectively and from a place of kindness. But then taking it further, it's actually looking at, at your whole body. Our bodies change all the time. Everyone has a unique body. As a yoga teacher, you see that so much more that there's no, I mean, even our two halves are not identical. Mm. And it's and it's working with that and appreciating, you know, what what your what you love about your own body. You know, have you got, you know, fantastic legs you want to show off, or is there something, you know, your neckline or your waist or your hips? There's 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 something, and if you come from a from a place of kindness, you can then accentuate that with what you wear, and that Absolutely. and I think that helps you to be braver with what you wear, the colours that you wear. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think there I think there there is a sense of freedom that comes as you get older because you do start 
to worry less about what other people think and you start really mm. connecting with yourself you can really find yourself again later in life mm. which I think is a really exciting time and with that comes expressing yourself through your clothes and and that can change on a day-to-day yeah. basis for me I can wake up one morning and want, want to have a completely different look to the day before and we yeah. don't have to conform do we no completely completely uh, and I think where a lot of people have gotten scared is um perhaps when when they're in their teenage years uh, because you know there's certain fashions but then with that there's also certain trends in body shape and fashion yes. if that doesn't suit your shape regardless of if you're 15 or 50 you get you get nervous about that but it's realizing that's that's a that's an image to sell things to sell products yeah. to sell you know sell a you know whatever that whatever they want to push at that given time and once you can really look at that objectively um yeah the world you know there are no shoulds there are no musts there's you know if you like it wear it there are no rules absolutely and it's interesting because you have been in the fashion industry for for a long time now so you have changed you have seen all these seasonal fads of body shapes in Mm. the fashion industry and the do you think we have genuinely started to make progress when it comes to diversity, inclusion, sizes, or do you think it's still kind of tokenism and we've still got a long way to go? It's, it's the needle's shifted slightly, but mm. I would say if you're thinking of a clock, it's moved to, you know, from midnight, it's maybe moved to the, the five past. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the, the first thing is um, we start to talk, we've been talking a lot more about it mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a great step. There have been slight changes um, but there's so much more to be done, so yeah. much more to be done. Yeah, yeah and I'm guessing, you know, Elia Room is your freedom. You can do what you want with this brand now, which is really exciting, isn't it? It is, it is, and it's, a gr- and it's always good to have that reminder as well because I think you get after so many years of, working in one way being one way like you, you know that tra- in, in a in the corporate world in a company in a business and then when you realize you think why am I doing this because I want to and then why am I making myself do this like there might be an aspect of my job that I've thought I've had to mm. and then I second think that and I think well, why isn't it working it's actually because I think well I don't actually really want to do it and believe in it why am I falling into that you know, why am I shooting myself? <laughs> yeah. So when you when you first left and took that leap of faith in yourself, had you already designed your collection before you started and before you left or did it all come afterwards? No, it came afterwards. So after I left, um, I went to India hmm. just to have a complete change of scene, um, you know, just sort of to break that cycle of, you know, like a hamster in a wheel, yeah. just to break that. Um, I got into, I went to India and they shut their borders the day after I arrived. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I came back to London the day of lockdown. So, <laughs> but, but over the, you know, uh, my collection you'll see, you know, through a lot of the, the um, prints and things I've used, there's a very, um, a vibe of that and the colours that I use as well. Um and then certainly with the sari dresses, um, because and they're one of a kind pieces. But I, a lot of inspiration came from that. I, I was able to spend a lot of time just traveling, absorbing, you know, colors, culture, um, all those sorts of things. And it really 
and then also what you need when you're traveling like in terms of what you wear mm. so you want something like you don't want to travel looking like a well I like you know you've just rolled out of bed um you know you're you, you know and 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 it is actually quite limited as to what there is that you can easily travel in so that sort of started to form the idea uh because I wanted things that were easy to wear easy to look after so a lot of the inspiration came from the time in India in terms of color print um but then the actual practicality side was um living living out of a backpack how I could still walk around feeling comfortable yet looking you know chic uh and so that's where I thought right it's a dress and it's something that doesn't crease because I hate ironing I mean yeah, there's me more too, with you, <laughs> <laughs> there's more to life than doing ironing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet if most people looked at their wardrobe they find the things they have to iron are the things that get worn the least yes <laughs> so and that's where I started to think about the fabrication so these dresses the dresses and um, the Ellering dresses you can rinse out in the hotel sink hang up and they're dry the next day to wear you don't oh, need an iron. Um, so that that whole practical sense in the travelling um, really was the thing that I thought. And you can throw a dress on, and you can do so, the way these are cut. You can do so much in them. Um, yeah. So that was where that's where the whole thing started. Um, but well, I would I say it, it, sorry, it was there, there was a journey within all of that as well. Um, and also, you know, it couldn't have been at a worse time, could it? during lockdown the pandemic there must have been moments when you just thought how is this how am I going to get through this completely um what I think it helped me was was actually finding the local sources Mm. because doing something in another country with another country was going to be incredibly problematic because it it would be all by email um I guess there's zoom but it's not quite the same as being there in person um when you want to, you know, I can go down to the factory, I can take fabric with me, I can take the patterns with me. There's So that really led to the whole doing something quite locally. Um, so that I think it encouraged me to to make those, you know, to look for that and find that and um, and make that happen, which I think is, is important um, and certainly important to, to what the brand is about. So that gave me that opportunity. Um, Yes, but there were. I'm, I will be quite frank, and there were moments where I was thinking, "What? What have I done? What am I doing?" Yeah. But I think we. I think everyone had that, didn't they? Yeah, um, definitely. And I think it was a what, real time of evaluation on of, of yeah. really kind of listening to what you want out of the next decade or and this completely. kind of reset time. Completely, completely. Yeah. So, what yeah. held your belief then? Because there could have been a tipping point where you thought, "Actually, this isn't going to work. This is the wrong time, and I can't do this." Was there ever a moment where you just really had to have a proper talk to yourself and say, "Actually, you know, you can do this, Rebecca. You know, this is going to work." Did you always know it was going to work, or did you? I I have I I have those moments. I I I still do have them, mm. um, and I think it's where you. Um, I actually, do you know what? I love a list. I love a to-do list. And I not only have one maybe for, for the day, but when I look at um, my roadmap of what I want to do with my business, when I have that wobble, I look at that and I go, you know what? I've actually done that and more. Yeah. And I think it's when you pause and 
almost treat yourself because I'm a solopreneur. I'm all by myself all the time. But if I treat myself like almost an employee and break it down, break down all my all the things I do into each, if I had a team of people, there'd be the person doing the design, the person doing the marketing, the person doing the retail, all of those things. If I break all of my roles down and think, oh, well, I've done that. Good on you. Good on you, um, Rebecca, that does the design. and Good on you, Rebecca, that does the production. I break it down that way, it, it, I can give myself a little reward or, you know, thank myself for doing that rather than the bubble because it becomes a cloud of overwhelm yeah. if you think of the whole, whole, you know, enormity of it and it's taking it a step at a time. Do you think your yoga and meditation has helped you in that as well? Because I know that you've loved yoga for a long time and then you actually, you, you, you've got your qualifications, you're now a teacher, yeah. just another thing to yeah. add into what you've been up to, which is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it certainly has. And I, you know, I was one of those people, I did yoga for a long time and it wasn't really until I had children that I appreciated it. Um, and it wasn't really so much from going to an hour class. It was what I knew of the practice and being able to do it in those fleeting moments where they were maybe asleep or getting up a bit earlier before they did and just maybe doing a little a little vinyasa or a little, um, you know, a little bit of meditation. And it was having those little flashes that really helped helped me, you know, get back into being myself, you know, and giving me that space. And from that I I continued to do that, Um, started going to classes more once the boys got older and then, uh, yeah, did my yoga teacher training. And certainly those things, um, yeah, have made a big difference in my life, whether I was, in, uh, you know, working for a company, being a mother, all those, every aspect brings it back to, you know, finding that, you know, that space for me, um, connecting back into being in the moment rather than letting that internal narrative that we identify with as being us, but it's only a part of us. Yeah. Got a whole other part of our body here. But, you know, being able to just observe that and, and take check on it. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you've got such a positive attitude and, and it seems to me that you, you you don't let anything hold you back. And, and I love the fact that you're learning stuff all the time. You're learning new stuff. You've learned to, to be a teacher. You're, you've learned how to do all the different stages to setting up your business. And it's just that that message is so important for women of our generation to say that, there's never a cutoff point when you can start oh, something new. Completely, I and certainly the journey of of my business so far, I have learned. I never thought I would set set up a website. I never, you know, all these. There's all these things that I never in in a million years would have even, you know, thought of doing or attempting to do. And then you do it, mm-hmm. and it's just such. It, it brings and it kind of brings a whole new lease of life a new perspective on life um and yeah yeah you you're never too old and it's never too late no absolutely and it's never too late to dream big so I'm interested to see you know what's your kind of five-year goal for Elia Room how would you like to see it grow uh one of them is to have um quite out for the day sort of having an endless endless Sun. So I'm set. I've set it up so I don't always have to be in one place. Yes. So it's being able to. I prefer the warmer weather. To yeah. be honest, but yeah. well, coming from Australia <laughs> I, originally, I get that. <laughs> I, 
I love, I mean, I love it this time of year and coming out to Christmas, love a cold Christmas, that's all amazing, but get sort of to the end of January and those February doldrums. So one of the things is to really have it, you know, that it can be any, I can be anywhere in the world and the business is working, I can do my business. That's that's one of the five-year goals. Um, the other one is really just to have um, to have a team. I would love to have a team. I am used to having a team, um, and there are times when it uh, it does get very lonely. Um, yeah. The dog is my consultant. <laughs> uh, yeah, so to build to build a team, and I would like to have something in bricks and mortar. Yes, because I know you've got a pop-up shop at the moment, haven't you? Yes. How long is that running for? This That runs until the um, 21st of December. Right. Um, and which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the idea of the shop would be that it's um, a world of, there'd be things you could buy, um, you could go and do yoga, uh, you know, so it's a really experiment. Ex- I can't say the word experiential yes. experiential yeah. Yeah. yes because yeah. I think that I think that's what retail needs to be about now yeah I do I, I think people need the story behind the clothes as well mm. and that's what I love about talking to people like you is to find out mm. the story behind the clothes which we don't mm. often get in some of these bigger chains where you don't get it at all mm. and I think that's why it's really important to, to champion the work that you're doing because you know, look at the story behind the clothes. They mean yeah. something. And I think that's where people are looking for that. I think that's mm. where, you know, we won't, you know, there won't be the big chain thing so much, but the re- kind of return to the old school, you know, when you went to your high street and there'd be like the greengrocer, the butcher, the, um, you know, the hairdresser, then there'd be the, the dress shop or the, yes. you know, the men's tailoring shop. And you'd go back there every season because it becomes some, you know, it's a person that you trust, you know, they're going to be a, they know what you like, they know you and they can tell you, oh, look, we've got this fabulous, you know, we've got this fabulous new, um, in new dressing or this fabulous new thinking. And you're like, and it's doing that not only in real life, but actually through, you know, through social media, yeah. um, through online shopping, that same experience that you can, you know. Yeah have that real connection definitely how many Mm. how many pieces do you do you kind of how many collections do you do a year and do you put yourself under pressure or do you just do it when you feel the inspiration coming uh so I've got um six signature silhouettes right uh so they're um all based on um classic sort of vintage silhouettes so you've got the um a shirt dress ultimate wardrobe essential then you've got a more contemporary version of a shirt dress which is a bit more skatery style um it's got a granddad collar rather than a um, regular collar then there's a skater dress which is kind of a tunicky type um type silhouette then you've got a maxi dress which is incredibly versatile and then you've got a wrap dress so it's those key shapes. And then there's a new one that's an in-store exclusive at the moment, Ooh. that gold one. Yes. <laughs> um, so um, so it's working on those signature shapes that then I do in a myriad of colours. Because I use um, the dresses are made from either dead stock material, which means if I didn't use them, they'd end up as landfill, mm. uh, the vintage saris. Um, 
And then I have made a couple of new things using recycled polyester and FSM viscose, which viscose, I don't know if you know, comes from trees. So when they right. use the tree, they replace the tree. That's so more circular. Right. Yeah. Uh, so with the dead stock material, often there's not a huge amount of it and it's finding the right things. Mm. Uh, I, I work roughly to two drops a year in terms of different colours, um, yeah. different prints. But, again, because I'm using those sources, if I don't find it, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up on it. I don't have a catwalk collection to present at, yes. you know, at a set calendar. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, again, I think this is where we fall into that whole, you know, if you fall into any fashion cycle, whether it's the catwalks, the designer or the fast fashion, essentially they're pushing to, you know, they have the catwalk to sell things. Um and so there's that pressure of it where it's actually when you talk to the people that work behind it, it's not sustainable. How many people actually really do buy clothes that often yeah. or need to? No. Yeah. And it perpetuates all of that. So it doesn't matter what level of the market you're at, there's that sort of tapping into our need, our want, something yeah. innate in us that always wants to have more, 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 buy, yeah. buy, buy. Yeah. Um, which they're, they're tapping to very well. Yeah, um, and I love the fact that yours, your business is very much heart-led. I love that. How can people find it, Rebecca? What's the website address? So um, it's www.ellaroom.com. Um, so that's spelled E-L-U and then room. Uh, that's the website. I'm also stocked on um, Wolf and Badger. Oh, brilliant. Um, and Silk Fred. So they're, you know, and again, some people enjoy, are members of those things, join yeah. up, so they get, you know, little perks and tips and things. But, I yeah. mean, you can always get in touch with me and I'm happy to help in whatever ever way, shape or form. Um, and then you'll also see me on Instagram and you can click through to the shop from that and Facebook. And, again, it's Ella Room with an underscore at the end and you get oh, yeah. through to those. I shall share um, I do various pop-ups as well. Um, so if you join my newsletter, you'll be the first to find out about those. Um, they sort of happen. This is my last one, obviously, for this year because I'm not yeah. going to squeeze one in between them betwixt us. Um, and there'll probably be one towards the end of January. They're London-based. I'm in New York at the moment too in a pop-up, and that finishes at the end of the year as well. Amazing. Well, I hope that next year, I hope in 2023, I can catch up with you and meet in person to one of your pop-ups. Yeah. That would be fab. I'd love that. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Definitely. My last question that I ask all my guests, Rebecca, if you were to pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? Uh, Rebecca, you are unstoppable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> Fabulous. You are. And I can't wait to see how it grows and to see more beautiful women wearing your clothes because... They really are a treat. So well done, you. I think it's fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me today. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been so lovely to speak to you. Pleasure. Take care and good luck with everything. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed listening to Rebecca Rodden's story of how she started Ali Room and why and the journey that she's been on. And I love the idea of how we can really look at the clothes that we're wearing and what we might need and, and creating a more sustainable well-being wardrobe. So I'm going to take um, Rebecca's suggestion of wearing uh, our outfits each day, hanging them up, keeping them separate and seeing what you've worn during the week. And I will share that with you on social media over the next coming weeks. I have got my eye on a really beautiful gold dress that Rebecca has designed. And if I do, I will definitely be sharing that with you on 
social media, but I would recommend you go and check her out and I'll share all the links. Uh, but Elia Rimu really is the really beautiful classic pieces, um, classic pieces with a twist that, that aren't just, there's no age bracket. You can wear clothes in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and we can style them how we want to suit our personalities. And I love that idea we to step away from those boxes that the fashion industry so like to put us in because of our age. So it's a refreshing conversation to have with Rebecca today. I will be back with more inspiration, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join a fabulous group of women in my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their own midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at RachelGrewRon. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.